Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron and I'm one of your hosts. There are two other hosts that are joining me today, of course. Danielson. Yo, guys. What's going on? And Anna. Hey, how are we doing? So before we start today's episode, I just want to say, like always, we do not run any ads on this show or take any money from any corporations. So if you'd like to help us out, then there's a few ways that you can do that. One of the ways is Patreon. For only $5 a month, which is 16 cents a day, you can sign up to our Patreon and get an extra episode each week. These Patreon episodes are exclusive to members only. Today, we released a Patreon-exclusive episode, which is over the Demon Zozo. Also, we have several more episodes already locked and loaded for your listening pleasure, such as the Aerial School UFO, CERN, the Ouija Board, Glitches in the Matrix, Nexium Cult, Disney Darkness, Isaac Kepi, McMartin Satanic Preschool, FEMA, and much more. We have a lot of extra Patreon episodes and a ton of extra blooper reels, which you get access to all of them for just 5 bucks a month. Another way to support the show is through our merchandise. Just teleport on over to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click on our shop button. Then you'll see all the merch we have for sale. T-shirts, hats, beanies, hoodies, all that good stuff. I just wanted to say that the money we get from Patreon and merchandise sales goes to bettering the show. Also, we know things are tough out there right now, so if you can't afford a shirt or a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes, and that helps us out a ton. If you don't want to leave one, though, then that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, Ghost, Illuminati members, Underground Lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. Also, one last thing. If any of you would like to reach out to us, then you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click on the contact button, and there you will find our email addresses. So today's episode is over the exorcism of Clara Germana Chele. How this episode will go today is that we will first cover what is the exorcism of Clara Chele, and then we'll go into who Clara was, the start of her possession, the exorcism itself, her life after her possession, theories about it all, and then, of course, wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. When you think about exorcisms, the movie The Exorcist comes to mind. However, not many individuals know about the case of Clara Celli, a story that has been buried in time of a young girl who sold her soul to the devil. Many mysteries surround this case, such as her possessing unnatural strength, speaking foreign tongues, and attacking the individuals trying to save her. That begs the question, what did she sell her soul for? Did she really levitate in front of a hundred plus witnesses in the middle of a chapel during an exorcism? Was she actually possessed? 
wenn du Hass ist, da gibt's keine Ruhe. Nein! Und für uns gibt's nie Ruhe. Nie! So, of course, to better understand this all, we have to start at the beginning. We have to start off with who Clara Chili is. So, Anna, do you want to tell us about her? I'd love to. So, in 1890, Clara Chili was born in South Africa. Around this time in South Africa, there were a lot of wars going on and children in the area often became orphans due to their parents getting killed. By the early 1900s, the wars were still going on, and unluckily, Clara's parents ended up getting killed and she became an orphan. Now, 20 years before Clara was born, in 1870, St. Michael's Mission created a Catholic children's home for young girls between the ages of 13 to 18 years old whose parents had been killed. Clara ended up going to live there at this Catholic children's home. Clara was a fairly normal, quiet girl. The nuns and priests said that she was just as religious as all of her peers, and before her possession, there was nothing to indicate that anything was amiss with her. No indication that this sweet young girl was to go on to become one of the scariest demonic possession cases on record. Now that is just a little background on Clara. So let's hop into the juicy stuff. The start of her possession. So most of what we're about to go over in this case are from journal and diary entries written by nuns and priests there at the St. Michael's Mission Children's Home. Now, this is just to keep in the back of your head as we go over the details of what is happening in this story. So this all started in 1906. At the age of 16 years old, Clara went to confession. She told Father Horner Erasmus that she had reached out to the devil for the purpose of forming a dark pact. Clara didn't tell Father Horner any details on why she had done this or the purpose behind it. Now, this confession was quickly forgotten and life continued on. However, a few weeks following this confession, Clara began engaging in erratic behavior. In an account written by one of the nuns, the first odd thing that happened was that Clara, who knew no foreign languages, began to speak in Polish, German, French, Latin, and many others. This speaking started off as just a few words here and there, but steadily graduated to fluent sentences and even ranting. Other girls in the school started to get spooked because Clara claimed to not know how she was able to speak these languages. Also during these episodes of speaking foreign languages, she would fall into a sort of a daze or trance then when done speaking, she would snap out of it with no memory of what had just happened. Soon after this, Clara then began to spontaneously tell individuals around her their deepest, darkest secrets. This happened with people she had never met before, including bad things that they had done and impure thoughts that they had had. In particular, she would wait until the nuns and the priests were around and say out loud their most vulgar sexual fantasies that they had. Oh, that's oh my up. God. Can you imagine that being a nun or a priest? Mm. You want to suck that nun's dick? No, I'm just You're going to go to hell. Stop for looking that. at her toes. The priests and nuns might have been like, whoa. You know, 
So a quick side note, I just want to add, many of the nuns said in their diaries that they were spooked by Clara and felt that she could reach into their minds and read their thoughts. She seemed to know all of their fears and various other pieces of information that she had no business knowing. You think at this point, they would be like, okay, you know, something's weird going on. We got this girl who's speaking foreign languages and saying nasty sexual stuff that we secretly desire. But everybody's too afraid to be like, oh, yeah, she's right. She's right. (laughs) (laughs) I have been looking at Father Horner Erasmus very sexually. Yeah. And that was another priest. I think I think the issue was that they were all too afraid to admit that she was right in the things that she was saying. In the diaries, the nuns admitted that she was right. So, yeah, I don't know. As we continue, things get a lot more weirder. Another thing that was reported in the diary of Father Horner was that Clara was frequently subjected to the phenomena of levitation. He said, and I quote, often in the middle of the night. Clara would be found lifted one meter to about half a meter from the ground, sometimes vertically, sometimes horizontally, her whole body floating above her bed. She was in a rigid position and even her clothes did not fall. They remained tightly pressed against her body and legs. Once she was sprinkled with holy water, she immediately lowered and her clothes resumed their usual floating folds. This not only happened in the middle of the night, but during the day, in plain sight in front of others, Clara would sometimes float above her chair. Some individuals would try to pull her by her feet to bring her back to a normal position, but despite their best efforts, Clara continued to levitate. At this point, the people gotta be like, whoa. But it just keeps getting worse. Another thing that the nuns started reporting was that Clara would get irritated and sometimes very angry around some of the blessed objects. On some occasions, Clara got so angry at a few of the nuns who got close to her with a blessed object that she grabbed them and then beat them up. Oh, man. She's a wild child, man. Dude. (laughs) She's just a possessed wild child. No kidding. So the following days after those incidents occurred, the nuns wrote that Clara began to demonstrate a dislike to all religious imagery. She would take roundabout paths around these objects and could not bear to be in the same room with them. If Clara was forced to be in the same room as them, she would allegedly unleash a savage, horribly unearthly beast-like scream. One of the nuns wrote in her diary about this. She said, and I quote, No animal had ever made such sounds. Neither the lions of East Africa nor the angry bulls. At times, it sounded like a herd of wild beasts orchestrated by Satan, who had formed a hellish choir. Damn. Damn. Yeah, they really hated that, huh? Yeah. So during these tantrums of Clara screaming, it was noted that she became extremely strong. So strong that a few of the nuns tried to calm her down, and she threw them across the room. After that, they went to restrain her, which took four people to hold her down until she was taken out of the room away from the religious imagery. One nun said in her diary that even if you had a cross concealed away, that Clara would somehow know where it was at and she would ask you to remove it. My question is, don't all nuns and priests and all them constantly wear crosses around their necks? That's what I thought. Yeah. Or at least have a... 
was it a rosemary? Thing? Rosary. A rosary? rosary, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would expect them to have at least that on them. Hmm. Odd. Another thing that the nuns started talking about in their diaries about this time was how Clara had transformed from a once quiet teenager to an increasingly aggressive, powerful, and very confrontational person. This next part's my favorite. Oh. The nuns also noted that Clara would sometimes hiss, snarl, and growl at people around her, most often completely unprovoked. So she's got like some Tourette's thing going uh, on here. More like a middle school emo chick, right? You always <laughs> yes. had those middle school emo chick that would yes. hiss at you <laughs> in the hallways. You're so right. Yeah, I remember them. You know, it was also mentioned in many of the nuns' diaries that many of the priests and nuns were horrified by Clara's ability to transform into a real human serpent. <laughs> say it, Aaron. Say it. I'm a snake. I'm a snake. I'm a slithering snake. You think she did that whenever she slithered on the ground? I'm a snake. Look at me. I'm a snake. All I can think of is... I sold my soul to be a snake. <laughs> so that answers the question. What did she get in return? She became a snake. Mm-hmm. Fair trade-off. They said that her... So her being this perfect little human serpent, they also said that her whole body became soft as rubber and twisted in a curved-like shape on the floor, and her neck seemed to lengthen, giving her the appearance of an actual snake. So there's this other occasion that a nun was kneeling in front of Clara and she darted her head forward and bit the nun on the arm like a mother <laughs> snake. The nuns actually gathered around and looked at the bite mark and they were shocked. They all expected to see the imprints of Clara's teeth, but instead they saw two marks that resembled an actual snake bite. Wow. I mean, these nuns had to be terrified. The priests were also scared. They tried to help, but the nuns still just felt really uncomfortable, which I would too if a chick lunges at me and bites me and the teeth that show up are not actual human teeth. Then I'm extra scared. Yeah, no kidding. Oof. But everyone, it didn't take long for them to start to be convinced that she was possessed by a demon. You figured her levitating out of her chair would be the one, not her biting people like a snake. Yeah. They're just like, eh, her levitating's okay. But, whoa, she bit people? That's a little, that's demonic. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we're going to get into the exorcism part. Now, this is pretty juicy. So the director of St. Michael's Mission, Father Mansuetti and Father Horner, the one that Clara confessed to about selling her soul to the devil, both of them agreed to perform an exorcism on her. Now, real quick, if you don't know what an exorcism is, it's pretty much the act of driving out demons or evil spirits from an individual who is believed to be possessed or infested by some type of demon. Um, anyways, just wanted to make sure that was clear. All right, so now on to the exorcism. So on the morning of September 10th, 1906, Father Mansuetti and Father Horner went to Clara's room where she sat on a chair in the middle of a room, and the exorcism began. Father Mansuetti started off by reciting scripture from the Bible. Immediately, 
Clara became angry and leaped onto Father Mansueti, knocking the Bible out of his hands and then began to strangle him with his own stole, which is the colored cloth that is worn around the uh, father's neck, right? Mm. It's like a... That white Kind of like cloth. that. Yeah, cloth that's worn. It's really long, too. It's almost down to the feet. Uh, so, yeah, Clara jumped on the father and started choking him with it. And, you know, as she was strangling him, a group of nuns and Father Horner ended up prying her off of Father Mansueti. Now, after this, she began running around the room throwing things in the middle of this exorcism. Father Mansueti, after almost being choked out in the Cobra Clutch, uh, <laughs> picked up his Bible and continued reciting scripture. As he continued reciting it, Clara began to scream at him and then all of a sudden levitated a full five feet off of the floor. So, of course, the nuns and Father Horner grabbed her and tied her down to that chair that, that was in the middle of her room. As Clara was tied down, she began to speak in tongues and then eventually started speaking full sentences, but backwards. Ooh. So she was saying the full sentences backwards, which is very odd. Mansueti then started to spray her with holy water. And he noticed that when Clara was hit with his holy water, it sent her into an absolute rage. So Father Mansueti was like, hey, I have an idea. Uh, Father Horner, go switch my holy water out with regular water without Clara knowing. And I want to see if this truly had an effect on her. So Father Horner came back with regular water, gave it to Father Mansueti, and he started throwing it on her, and it didn't do anything. And then he had him switch it out with holy water without Clara knowing and did the holy water and noticed that the holy water was the only thing that when he would spray it on her, Clara would scream out loud. So needless to say, he came to the conclusion that the holy water was apparently the key to cast out this demon from her. So as he was continuing to recite the Bible and throw this holy water on her, Clara began to speak in a deep voice and said that the demon that possessed her would manifest his departure by an act of levitation. So Father Mansueti continued the exorcism until late that night and then stopped it. He said, we're going to put it on pause, keep her tied up in the middle of the room. We're going to go back to our chambers. So there was something that happened in between that I couldn't really find out who got these individuals that we're about to talk about in the chapel or who told them about it. I couldn't find that out. But the next morning, they decided to continue this exorcism, except instead of doing it in the room that they were exercising Clara in, Father Mansueti moved Clara to the front of the chapel and she was in the presence of 170 individuals who had heard about this possession, who had come to witness this exorcism. So Father Mansueti again started spraying Clara with holy water and reciting scripture in which the holy water this time started to burn her skin. And all the witnesses were sitting around like, holy shit, this is really happening. What is going on? Clara began to scream out in pain, and then all of a sudden, boom, she began to levitate in front of everybody for a short period of time in the middle of this chapel, and then fell to the ground. All 170 witnesses were astonished at what they had just witnessed, and 
the demon had been casted out of Clara. Damn. And that was the first exorcism of Clara. You say first. First, yeah. Do you want to read about what happened next, Daniel? Of course. In January of 1907, while Father Horner was away, Clara made a new pact with the devil. Another exorcism was performed on April 24th, 1907. That again lasted two days. Yeah, so she sold her soul again. How? For a second time. But how does she sell it if she doesn't have it to sell? Well, I guess she apparently got it back from the first time. She put it on layaway? I guess, yeah. yeah I guess the devil put it on layaway, then the contract was cut because of the priest, and then she's like, oh, I could do it again. Man, some people just don't learn. Yeah. So after the two days, the demon was again casted out of Clara, and a foul odor filled the church. For the next five years, Clara lived a demonic possession-free life until 1912, where she passed away from heart failure. She was young when she passed away, too. Like she 22. Was like, yeah, she was in her early 20s. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Wow. A lot of stress on her. Yeah, it is. And uh, that's the exorcism of Clara Chelle. Now, I know we usually hop into strange facts and bindings here, but like we said, this account was taken from multiple journal and diary entries written by nuns and priests there at the St. Michael's Mission. So there isn't a lot of information on this case besides those entries, which we just told you about. So we're going to move into theories and talk about a few of those that we had come up with. So who wants to who wants to start us off with the first theory? So the first one that we came up with involves disease. This theory is that Clara wasn't actually possessed but actually suffered from a brain disease called anti-NMDAR encephalitis. This brain disease resembles the symptoms in which she had, which people often mistake it for demonic possession. The victims, or patients, they suffer from seizures, foaming of the mouth, hallucinating, amnesia, and other odd behaviors. And it also primarily affects young women. The only thing that I question about this is the levitating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing. But if she had really bad gas, like Dan said, maybe it just lifted her. This is true. To a whole new level. (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. I can see, you know how in some pictures, um, in the ancient pictures of people being like demonically possessed, like paintings or drawings, you see the people all like curled back and I'm thinking that is a seizure. And these poor individuals are having seizures and having no memory of it. And they come to and they're like, oh, what just happened? And people are like, you're possessed. When in reality, damn people are having a seizure. But you don't see people levitating. No. I, don't, I do think this theory is a pretty good one, though. This encephalitis theory. Was it common back in that time? I, I do not know. Makes me think, is that disease like contagious or anything like that? Or like, how's it passed on? Because... If it causes hallucinations, maybe the others had it too, where they were hallucinating that she was floating out of the chair or something. I mean, that's the only thing I could really think of with that. Anti-NMDA receptor encephalitis is a type of brain inflammation due to antibodies. 
Early symptoms may include fever, headache, and feeling tired. Then it is typically followed by psychosis, which presents with false beliefs, delusions, and seeing or hearing things that others do not see. So my theory can't be right about everyone having it because then those 170 witnesses would have it too to see her levitate. People are often agitated or confused. Over time, seizures, decreased breathing, and blood pressure and heart rate typically occur. There has been reports of people spontaneously levitating. Shut up. I'm just kidding. That's not in there. <sighs> the boy who cried wolf, let me tell you. <laughs> so that's the first theory of, as of what it could have been. What's the next theory? Next one is mental health. This theory is that Clara wasn't actually possessed, but actually suffered from a mental illness. Maybe she developed a mental illness from the tragedy of her parents passing away and she couldn't cope with it. I could see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're young, right? And you suffer some type of tragedy like that, that young, and get stuck in a Catholic church with girls who are also orphans. And you're seeking out some type of motherly figure or you're acting out and you don't know how to cope with it. You don't have counseling or anything like that. It was her way of grieving was to levitate. And speak foreign languages. And speak full sentences backwards. I don't know. It's odd. This whole thing is odd. I mean, it she, is very much so. She could probably pass a sobriety test really well. Say the alphabet's backwards. If she, she'll fucking speak full sentences backwards to you. Yeah, that's true. So the next theory is motherly attention. It kind of plays off of the mental illness one, I guess. This theory is that she wanted more motherly attention from the nuns. Since there were so many other girls there, she thought the only way to get this was to act out. It's fairly common, right? Kids know that, hey, if I'm not getting enough attention, I can act out because acting out gets me attention. So maybe that's what she wanted. She wanted the motherly affection that she was missing because her mother had passed away. She wanted it from the nuns. And that's why majority of these accounts come from nuns in their diary entries. Good attention, bad attention, just any attention is what they want. Yeah. That's a good theory. Yeah, I can see that. So the next theory we have is sexually abused. This theory is that she was sexually abused by someone at the St. Michael's Mission and thought that maybe the only way out of this situation was to act out so that she could leave. It just comes back to the levitating. If she hadn't levitated, a lot of these would seem a lot more plausible. Yeah, if you throw the levitation out of the window, I mean, these theories could fit right on spot, especially the first one. Mm -hmm. I think I did see a horror movie once where a girl was possessed or they thought she was. And at the end, it just turned out that she was being sexually abused by her father. And she was just acting out like that to get attention, to get away from the situation. Wow. Oh. And her possession and her demon was her father that she was seeing at night. Plot twist. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Don't watch the unnamed movie that Aaron has just told you about. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So what's the next theory you got? Uh, publicity. And this theory is that St. Michael's mission wanted more publicity. And they used Clara's possession as a way to get more people to turn to God, as they'd say, and come to their church so that the church can make more money. How do you get more people in your church? 
You have either a real or fake possession and show it to over a hundred people publicly in the church. And then they see how amazing you are and then they're like, we must be a part of this church and help support the cause. Jesus would want us to. They can yeah. save us. Mm-hmm. I could see that. As bad as that sounds, I could see something like that happening. Mm-hmm. Because money makes people do crazy things. I mean, what's that one crazy pastor guy? Kenneth Copeland. Yeah. Especially oh like when the whole COVID God. stuff happened. He's like, you, it's gone. You want to see somebody that's possessed by a demon. Go look up Kenneth Copeland's videos. That dude is possessed by demons. He's a demon himself. His eyes yeah. are so scary to look at. Yeah, they are. He's a reptilian for sure. He's something. Not human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, our last theory that we have. What if the church was experimenting in some of the darker side stuff and offered Clara as a sacrifice to a demon without her knowing? Kind of like an experiment to see if they could exercise the demon out of her. So practice. Yeah, practice. They purposely get her infested with a demon so they could practice exorcisms on her. That's pretty dark, huh? That is, That's it is, pretty dark. But it also kind of makes a lot of sense. How yeah. can you showcase your exorcism skills if you haven't practiced them? My question is, how the f*** do you get 170 people the next morning after you've been exercising demons, not with Richard Simmons, all night long on her, and the next morning you have 170 people show up in your chapel? It almost seemed like the Father Mansuetti or Father Horner had prior knowledge that, hey, you know, we're going to do this exorcism and she's already going to be possessed at this point. Let's let these people know. See, what I was trying to think, I guess, like maybe it was like a, you know, Sunday where people were coming to church anyways. They're just like, maybe we need more spiritual power. It's kind of like a spirit bomb with Goku. Exactly. Father Mansuetti's up there raising his hands. Give me your power. Feed me your energy. Yeah, while the demons inside of her is like, ha, I'm taking your energy. But wouldn't that be something, though, if they were summoning demons themselves to learn how to battle them? Who? Maybe they get Ouija boards out and they made a deal with Zozo. Which we talk about in our Patreon episode. We do. You send people, you send demons our way to possess these bodies that we'll give you and we're going to expel them. And you can keep sending us the same one. That's cool. We just got to practice, you know, get them out. So let's make a pact. Hmm. I, don't know. I was just thinking in 1906, it would have been pretty challenging on a whim to get 170 people. Exactly. How do you spread? It's not like you send out a text or anything. Right. You have to run around the village and send little Timmy running around saying, there's a demon to be expelled at the St. Michael's Mission. Come see mm-hmm. tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Bring your cameras. What's a camera? The time traveler. Where's your phone? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would have been challenging. They got to tell everybody in the town. And around that time, you think everybody would be asleep, you know? You figure you have some people that go to church, you know, make a donation, pray to God, confess or something like that. And, you know, if she's screaming as loud as they were saying, maybe they overheard. And when they went back town, they were just like, did you hear at the church? There's like a girl screaming over there. Wonder what they're doing. So they're probably all just like, what's going on? So they weren't there to see the exorcism. They were just there to, what the hell's going on, guys? 
what if the priest, Mansueti, now I'm looking at him as the bad guy here, okay? And this is just me hypothesizing. What if, like you said, it was him, his way of wanting to grow the church? People in the area were maybe like, oh, we don't know if we want to go to the church. We don't know if we want to convert to be Catholic, right? He goes and he's like, okay, this Clara definitely has a mental illness of some type, and I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm going to strap her up so she floats or levitates somehow. He creates some device to where she levitates. But then he puts like some type of acid in his holy water. So when he's spraying it on her, it's really hitting her with acid and burning her. Yeah. And that's why she's screaming. But everybody thinks she's possessed. And then he like raises her up and then drops her down. And she's so tired from the night before of being strapped to a chair all night. That she just goes to sleep, or not goes to sleep, but she kind of like lays there, and he's like, the demon's been exercised, everybody witness me. I mean, yeah, because every single time she levitated, she was either sitting down or laying down. Yeah. And they said her clothes lifted up with her, right? Yeah, they didn't. If her clothes lifted up with her, that's her being strapped into something. Wasn't, were her clothes tight against her body whenever she was lifting? Yeah, they said it was tight against her body. So, like, if you're if you were in a sleeping gown and you were levitating horizontally, your back would all be trying to reach to the ground. The way I envision it is all of that was still tight against her back, even though she was up off the ground. Oh, so, so it, instead of it sinking and gravity pulling it, it still stayed tight against her skin, like that. Oh, okay, never mind. Then that makes me think that they had like something going around the bottom of her body. So when they lifted her up, the clothes stayed tight. But when they started lowering her down, she got close. It loosened up and the clothes fell back down. I think I know a magician that does this magic trick like that. Magicians. There it is. Maybe it was just a magic show. Maybe maybe it was. So you want to hear my theory real quick? Of Mm -hmm. course. So as I was sitting at my dinner table last night. What'd you have? uh, Let's see. What did I have? I had uh, grilled chicken tenders, bacon pasta, and mashed potatoes. Ooh, bacon pasta. Okay, okay. So anyways, as I'm sitting there, a family member asks me, so what is your next podcast going to be over? I quickly tell that individual what it's over. That individual says, do you have any good theories about why she did what she did? I said, what do you mean why she did what she did? Well, why'd she sell her soul? I said, I have no clue. Family member goes, I can tell you why Clara sold her soul. It was to be famous. I said, what do you mean to be famous? The family member goes, she sold her soul so that everybody can be talking about her now. So let's say she went to the devil and said, I wanted to be famous. And in her mind, she's thinking like a movie star famous, actress famous, right? I want to be famous now. The devil said, okay, sure, you want to be famous? Give me your soul. She says, okay, boom, but nothing happens, and she gets pissed off. But little does she know, the devil's like, oh, you'll be famous because I'm going to possess you, and people years and years from now are going to talk about your possession, and that's how you're famous. And that's why she sold her soul again for the second time, because she went back to the devil and said, I sold it the first time, and you said I wasn't going to be famous. And he's like, oh, you want to be famous? Okay, here's some of your soul again. That's a good theory. So yeah, that's why she sold her soul. Okay. What about y'all? Why do y'all think she sold her soul? Get her parents back? 
That's sad. I was thinking something like that. I don't know. The famous part back then, what would famous get you, really? I mean, 1906, I'm not really, I don't know, probably leave the situation that she's in, so. Yeah, I mean, maybe sell her soul for a better life, if anything. Yeah. You know. But then you got to think about a better life. What does she think of when she thinks of a better life? Fame, right? Everybody associates fame with money. Who's famous and doesn't have a good life? I mean, probably not living in a church or like Catholic children's home, having parents, having better food on the table, because I'm pretty sure they probably ate almost like the same stuff every day, more than likely. Yeah, I imagine it like as Nacho Libre, right? That's what I was thinking. He comes in with his refried beans and slaps it on the table. It's a gourmet meal. Is that the magician? It was just like a picture I'd seen of like how the clothes are still tucked up in the body. There's another one of a kid's show, but I don't know what this trick is called to like look up how it's done, but I've seen it explained before. So you think the um the father had like a side hustle of being a magician? Like in his chambers, he's like telling Father Horner, hey, check this shit out. He's like doing card tricks like David Blaine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Father Horner's like, you need to calm down with that shit. He's like, watch this. Mind freak. I mean, that would bring publicity to the church. Like, hey, you know, he can perform miracles. Look what he's doing. He's Ooh. making this person float. Or, hey, I'm exercising a demon while she's floating. You know, some shit like that. Mm. All right, Dan. So what's your final thoughts behind all this? Like, what do you think happened? Hmm. I mean, you got to be, you, you have to have a twisted mind. Not to only sell your soul, well, try to sell your soul the first time, but then again to try to do it a second time. And then, you know, maybe she was possessed both times. And the fact that she went through both exorcisms and all that means she did die from heart failure. Maybe that was too much stress on her body, on her heart. But I'm more along the lines that she, I think, made this up herself. And I don't know if it was just for the tension. I wouldn't say motherly attention, just maybe she just wanted to stand apart from the others, not just be another orphan child at a church, but something else, something more, not famous, but just something more. Okay. I can see that. What about you, Anna? Well, I'm definitely someone who would say, I believe that possessions happen to people. This one is, it's interesting. Because I do like these alternate theories about the acid in the water and her doing it for attention. Because as you're speaking, Dan, these, those things are popping in my head, too. That, like, maybe she just wanted to feel like someone separate than this group, this class, essentially. She had never had that individualized love and affection because she was born in, a, in an orphanage right away. So maybe that, yeah, she acted out and, or maybe she made a pact with the devil being the priest. The priest wanted to make money off the church and then he was a magician. So he's like, I'm going to do this trick, right? We're going to, you're going to make these noises. We're going to do all these things. I'm going to make you levitate, but you got to keep the secret between you and I and I'll get you out of here. So then she becomes a hustle and she just can't handle the lie. 
She sits with this lie for all these years that her heart can't take it anymore. And Father and, Horner left and didn't take her. So she was hurt and busted up about it. And then she died because she felt so betrayed and broken. Solved. What if she was in love with Father Horner and when, she, when he left, she died of a broken heart? So they were in this hustle together. Dang. Damn. I mean, it fits. Some interesting theories, some interesting thoughts behind it all. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think I, I don't have a solid conclusion as to what it could be. I think there could be multiple different things. Like we mentioned in the theories, it could be any of those. Mm-hmm. I do believe there's some stuff out there that we don't, we don't know about. Possessions some entities, something. But was she possessed by one of them? I don't know. If she was truly levitating, I'd possibly say, yeah, she, she was. But I, I wasn't there. I didn't see it with my own eyes. I didn't see any accounts from the 170 witnesses. I just saw the nuns and the father's diary entries and journal entries. So we have to go based off what they said. And... If what they said was true of her levitating and everything, I think that there was some type of possession or there was something very odd going on there at the St. Michael's Mission home. That's what we can say for sure. Mm -hmm. So one last thought. So if she was actually possessed, maybe the her selling her soul was for salvation. And the salvation that she got was, I guess that life to be ended and maybe she started new somewhere yeah that's what i think like because maybe the demon even tricked her saying like i'm god or something like that i can grant you salvation from this lifestyle that you are that's probably why she kept re-signing the contract like hey second time let's go give me my salvation i like that try to think of a positive side of it but eh, don't think i want to be signing no contract with no demon yeah all right well any of y'all got anything else you want to add to today's episode before we move on to Hans is on the scene. Nope. Mm-mm. All right. So we're going to move on to Hans is on the scene. Now, if you're not familiar with Hans is on the scene, Hans is our on the scene reporter where he goes out to the public and interviews them and gets their opinions on current day happenings with conspiracies. So with that being said, let's listen to this week's Hans on the scene. Do you believe in conspiracy theories? Yes. Why? Ooh, which one? What is your favorite one? Uh. What's the one where the eye? You know what I'm talking about? The no. eye? Mm-mm. I don't. You'd have to explain that one to me. <laughs> it's too fucking early. It's too early. Come on. Okay, um. The conspiracy theory where. Basically, the government's controlling everyone. Oh, none. I can't remember. It's the eye, and it's like all over dollar oh, bills oh, and everything. The, oh, the Illuminati. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Just so, like the government kills people uh-huh. that are in their way. Oh. Hence, Hillary Smith. Let me tell you what I've done. Ah, okay. So, do you believe in UFOs? Yes, I believe in ghosts too. You, do you, have you seen a ghost? Yes. Ooh. And I felt one. How was that? What was the experience like? Um, I, I couldn't w- breathe. Why? What was the situation that you saw the ghost? 
Um, walking through my hallway, and it's just like a black. Like, you know how you see it on TV, and you're like, that shit's fake? No, it wasn't. It was like I saw it in the mirror, and then it went into the room. And then I told it to leave, and I got goosebumps all over my body. And my dog used to always bark at the back of my room. Ooh. And I couldn't figure out why. All right, and that's your boy Hans on the scene for the week. I love it. I love on the scene reports of ghost stories. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Scary one. It was. Yeah, well, she did a good job telling the spirit to leave. And, you know, Hans, I'd tell her to get some sage, cleanse her home, get all that negativeness out. That's so weird. Ugh. And buy that dog a steak. Because that dog was trying to warn you all that time, and you ignored mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, you buy that dog a steak. But anyways, I love you, Hans, and thank you for this week's On the Scene. It's great, as always, and keep being safe out there, and keep getting those interviews, and keep doing your thing, because we love you, and we're proud of you. That's right. Much love, Hans. All right, so we're going to move on to this week's shout-outs. Uh, I just wanted to give everybody a shout-out on Instagram. We've gotten a ton of of recent followers due to uh, the Fighter and the Kid podcast where Brandon Schwab uh, shouted us out and talked about how he loved our podcast. So I just want to give him a big thank you for that. Love you, proud of you, and that we all love you here. And I want to say thank you to all the new followers, all the new supporters on Instagram. Love all of you, and I hope you're having a dandy time listening to us. All right, so Dan, who do you got for shout outs this week? Uh, not too many people. Uh, we got Kyle, Matt, Jake, Jake Farm, well, Jay, and then Adam. They all hit me up on Facebook. I still got to answer, I believe, Adam on one of his messages and questions. Other than that, you know, we got a lot of people joining the Theories of the Third Kind uh, group that I created there that I honestly haven't posted much in there, which I got to start posting more. and. I'll probably start posting more pictures and stuff from the episodes and stuff on there as well. Nice. All right. What about you, Anna? What do you got for Twitter shout outs? Man, we have a lot of Twitter movement going on right now, but um, I want to shout out Thomas. Um, we have, like like you mentioned, you know, Brendan shouting us out, brought a lot of listeners also to Twitter. So a lot of people were just mentioning that they came from over there, which is so freaking cool. Uh, Brad, Bowden, El Campa, Isaiah, you know, just so many people. Grace Ruby, Jose. Thank you guys so much for the love and support. Uh, you know, sorry if I haven't gotten back to you on Twitter. We're making our way through there. I know we got Patreon all caught up with people getting added to Discord and all that. So thank you guys. Um, you're awesome. Anxious Andy. So glad that you're, we're looking forward to season three. We're here. We're bringing it. Knowledge nuggets are being dropped. So thank you guys. You're awesome. And we're glad to be back. 100%. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, uh, Like Anna said and Dan said, we love you all. We're all proud of every single one of you. We're glad you could join us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want some more and you want to learn about the Demon Zozo, go join our Patreon. It is only five bucks a month. You not only get that Demon Zozo episode, but you also get every single other episode that we have ever done as well on Patreon, which is a buttload. 
So go take a listen, mm-hmm. go sign up. It's only five bucks a month, 16 cents a day. And it helps feed us because we're hungry. Yes, we're hungry. And I know we've had so, a lot of people reaching out to us asking how they can help because they want another tier of Patreon to offer more donation to the podcast. And we really don't want to make another tier because like Aaron will tell you, the sweet spot is where we're at and we want this content to be available for everybody. But just so you guys know, there is an option to go in and pledge more than $5 to any podcast that you listen to through Patreon. So if you were looking to help in that way, we know that we've been getting an influx of people asking. So if you wanted to, there you go. There's a, another way to help us out. Yep. No pressure, though. We love you either way. Hell yeah. Yep. All right. So I wanted to thank you all for joining us today. And again, thank you for all your support. You were all amazing. Every single one of you. So with that being said, Dan and Anna, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you're not alone.